there's a red button on the little thing. Yes, we're going. All right, so let's read. So Jesus has just died. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph. He was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud. And he laid it in his own new tomb he had cut out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and other Mary was, were there sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remembered how that impostor said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise, therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. This is the word of the Lord. God, we come to this text and we come to all the texts with honor for your word and for who you are. So Lord, I pray through these ordinary people who uh, interact with Jesus even as he's dead I pray encourage us teach us show us more how you are or who you are encourage our hearts and minds to see you even more Lord, I do pray that you <laughs> that you are the only one who can do this through your spirit only you Holy Spirit can illumine our hearts and minds to remember what Jesus taught and show us clearly who you are, God. So we ask that you do that as we go into your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, sorry. I didn't get that live. <laughs> okay, so first guy we meet um, in the text is a, is a rich man um, named Joseph. And it's not his last name is not Arimathea. It's a place, uh, and then of course, when it's places, I want you to show maps. And so this is our best guess. And then you're like, but it doesn't say Arimathea. No, it doesn't. This is Rama, because Arimathea has not been found. Uh, so they think it's what's called Rama um, now, and it's there, approximately there. Google Maps maybe there, and maybe that's why they can't find the place. Um, so, um, yeah, so this is about what, who Joseph is. And there's actually a few more things about Joseph. So this is a, uh, this is a recap. So Ma uh, Mark adds that, that Joseph is part of the council. He's actually one of the Jewish leaders. He's in the Sanhedrin. And he actually takes—he—he he, takes him—it takes courage for Joseph to go and ask for his body. Uh, Luke adds, he was a good and righteous man who did not consent to the decision and action of killing Jesus, and he was looking 
He was looking for the kingdom of God. John adds that he was a disciple, but he was a secret disciple because he feared the Jews. He again then becomes bold and asks to get the body of Jesus. And John adds another person doing these things, which John had talked about in John 3, uh, John 2, which is uh, Nicodemus. Matthew doesn't write about that. So Arimathea is, uh, that place is also where Samuel the prophet is uh, born. Uh, And yeah, those are the other things. But they don't really know where it is. So I was super confused when I was like, where is it? Well, it's because it's called something else sometimes in the New Testament and they haven't actually found the remains of the city. But he is from that place. But that's probably mostly just to, that's because, as we talked about last time, is that this is because the believer, early believers would have known who this person was. Uh, and, and so it's to encourage them. So if we look into what, what, is, what is it that Joseph does, we've heard the description of him. Um, he's a good and righteous man. He's a member of the council. He's a disciple of Jesus. But he's also a man who's looking. This was one of the things the Pharisees and other members of the council didn't seem to be doing. They didn't seem to be looking for the kingdom of God. They seemed to be more intent on making sure that nobody took away their power. So there's something different about Joseph. He is looking for the kingdom of God. He's described as good and righteous man as well. He's, then John was like, well, he's a little bit timid. He's hiding his face. So maybe we are sometimes hit by that. We kind of live like we're hiding our faith. But in this, in this key moment, I think is maybe here. In this key moment, he steps up and becomes courageous. Because if we read this commentary here, um, the Romans don't care. Uh, for them, crucifixion is, they can stay on a cross as long until they rot, that would be fine. It's a way of deterring people. But the Jews have a law that says that people should be buried the same day they die. But the issue of like Jesus being, um, Jesus being condemned by being an insurrectionist or even saying that he is a king, uh, there's no way that they normally would let anybody take his body. Because people like those, they want to let them hang for example of terror as long as possible. But Joseph um, gathering his courage actually goes and asks Pilate, can I have his body? And then this commentary says that it kind of is a crazy request if 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 Jesus had been killed for high treason. But then as he mentions there in Um, Pilate's not really concerned. He just gives him the body. It seems like Pilate still doesn't believe that Jesus was guilty. 
So it's interesting. It does take, and maybe that's for us an encouragement. Joseph doesn't seem to be very courageous his whole life, but at that moment he is. He's also known as very rich, and uh, he is very rich because because um, of the way he has a tomb. It's close to the burial. It's close to the crucifixion site. It's cut out. Only rich people would have tombs like that. Um, and then when we, it also is as as, as Matthew has a good. Um, he's been doing it all the time. He he also says. He fulfills this. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. So he goes into a rich man's grave. And Jesus had done nothing wrong, violence. Although he had done no, no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. And then we have to remember, Isaiah is uh, so bold as, <laughs> as Paul would say, because sometimes we were discussing last week also like who killed who killed Jesus was it the Jews was it the Romans was it us no it was God it was the will of the Lord to crush him he has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt so yes it was the Jews yes it was the Romans yes it was us but it was God's plan to do it so that there will be an offering for our sin and guilt. So even, um, but then right now Jesus is dead and he's taken down and put into a tomb, but even Isaiah says, but he, the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So he will, something's gonna happen. He's not gonna stay there. So the encouragement from, from, um, from Joseph is that, oh yeah, maybe we haven't always been bold in our lives. But there is room for us to grow in boldness and step up when there's a need to. That it's not sinful to be rich, but we can use our riches for good. Joseph risked being ridiculed by Pilate and, and the Sanhedrin and all the Jews because now he stepped out to take care of Jesus' body. And there's a contrast here because it's not one of the 10 disciples. Or 11, 11, there's not one of the 11 disciples. Judas is dead now, but there's still 11 disciples. But none of them go. So the accusation later in the text where, oh, the disciples are going to come steal his body. No, <laughs> they're not. They don't even, they're not even considering that. They're not that bold. But Joseph was. He used his riches and his faith that he was looking for the kingdom of God and he thought he had seen that in Jesus and he wanted to honor Jesus by burying him in his tomb. Joseph, he wraps them in, li in linen and uh, puts him in his expensive tomb.
and sometimes maybe you hear maybe you've heard this one around Easter that people would say that's why I wrote that Jesus is very dead and some people would say well I mean Jesus maybe he just pretended to be dead on the cross um, I find it very unlikely because probably more likely that he rose because you have a man who could not carry his own crossbeam you have a professional soldiers who who then shove a, a spear into his side and if he would escape they would get his sentence so there's a very very it is totally unlikely that Jesus is not dead and then after that Joseph wraps him in linen and he can't breathe because he's already dead but even if he could he couldn't and laid in a tomb that's cold he doesn't you can't and then also later how is he going to get out he's all beaten and there's no life in him so I think that argument is just a little bit strange and doesn't really make so much sense um, no Jesus is dead and now it becomes confusing and maybe this is one of the reasons <laughs> an apologetic for the Bible to be uh, true because maybe you will give people all the names like there's a hundred Marys so <laughs> there's Mary Magdalene and then the one that has the nickname the other Mary which is helpful how when there's two more Marys at least so uh, as Joseph has been bold to get um, get Jesus' body, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they follow him to the tomb and see where they lay Jesus. And so, we some of us know who Mary Magdalene is from the other Gospels. It's one Jesus has cleansed from seven demons and she has been following him from Galilee. Mary, the other Mary, now we're going to speculate a little bit and so don't say that this is this is not the Bible. This is tradition and other things. And very ancient tradition says that Joseph had a brother. So Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, had a brother named Clopas. If this is so, then Mary would have be, been Jesus' sister-in-law and Jesus' aunt. And her children would have been James, Joseph, and Levi. Matthew, very interesting. Uh, this is all conjecture, conjecture, but he doesn't conclude then it's very reasonable because it's in tradition. So we don't know this. So we have a slight, we are not totally sure who this second Mary is, but this is at least a guess from history. Huh? Yes, that's the, but that also, she's one of the extra ones. So there's, yeah. She will come also. Yeah. That's why maybe the Bible is totally true. I believe it is true. Because why wouldn't you give them all the names? It doesn't make any sense to it. There's five Marys. Who's going to figure that out? Um, but what, in the, what, are the, what are the women doing there? Well, they were at the cross. So they saw that Jesus died. And so they wanted to see where Jesus was laid. And we will see probably next Sunday what the w women had intended. They wanted to go 
and honor Jesus' body. They apparently don't stay long enough to the next day because they were not going to be able to get to Jesus' body because it's going to be guarded. The interesting thing is that we don't see any of Jesus' followers remember what he said about his resurrection. You know, the, the, it's again a total irony that the enemies actually heard better what Jesus said. Because the, the, the women and Joseph, they are occupied with Jesus' body, not that he's going to rise again. So again, in this twist of irony, the ones that remember are the ones that don't want Jesus to rise. <laughs> but they remember him saying that he's going to rise. This is, actually only, this is actually only Matthew's gospel that has this part. And so, uh, so they, uh, so the, um, they go, to the chief priests, they go to, uh, they go to Pilate again. <laughs> and if I was Pilate, I would be like tired of these people. <laughs> so they go and pester, pester Pilate again and say, you know what, this guy, he said, that, that uh, he would rise again after three days. At this point, if I was Pilate, I'd be like, you guys. But he says, okay, okay, okay. You already have, you already have soldiers. Go and make it as secure as you can. And then they seal, seal up the tomb with the Roman seal. And so nobody's allowed to come in and out. Jesus is stuck in the tomb. The interesting part is, in this this whole part is like they remember his teaching, but they really don't want him to rise. That will be the worst thing for them, because they got him convicted and killed. So they really need Jesus not to rise. So they do everything in their power to make sure that Jesus is not going to disappear. Now, they argue that his disciples would come and steal him away. But, <laughs> but then it should have been Joseph of Arimathea and not one of the other disciples because the 11 disciples are apparently hiding away somewhere and are scared. So they're not going to steal anybody away. And if they would have done that, then Joseph of Arimathea could have just taken his body to begin with. There seem to be a lot of flaws in this logic. Matthew will also address it in the next part as well. But that leaves us with a dead Jesus in a tomb where it's impossible to get in and out. So Jesus is dead. He's very dead. What about you? Have you felt that way? Felt like the disciples? Felt maybe like the women? Like Joseph of Arimathea? He was looking for the kingdom of God. He thought he had found it in Jesus. Have you been in a place where all your hope is gone? That what you hope, hope for held on to 
it didn't hold, it crumbled. Maybe you put your faith and hope in money and it didn't work out. Maybe it was relationship that didn't hold. Maybe it was a job where you thought, if I just get this job, then things will be okay, and it, it wasn't. Maybe it's like, oh, I can just get some more power in my company or in my, in my sphere of influence, but it didn't work. Maybe it's safety and security and comfort, but it still didn't satisfy. Maybe it's your health, but it failed. Maybe it's more of the bad ones, like drugs and alcohol. Or maybe it was religious deeds. You put your hope and faith in your religious deeds. Or maybe it was the praise of man. Have you been in one of those situations where all you put your hope and faith in, you found out it didn't last? I've been there. I don't know about you, but I've been there. It left me in a confused, dazed, surprised, like what's happening, what's going on? And then, why did my idol fail? I didn't trust in God, but I trusted in something else. Why did my God die? Now it's, I want to be honest and sensitive, but it is a difficult place to be in. One's world is shaken, but I think sometimes it's the best thing that can happen to us. It's God's grace reaching to us. It's not easy, but it helps us to see what we really put our hope and trust in. And it wasn't God, and it was never going to last. So God was gracious enough to have our, to break our idol. And now we got a chance to see who the real God is. Not a perception of who God is, but who God really is. We talked at the Bible study about, or I kind of burst out, well, Jesus had to die, you know. And he did, but, but it was like, it's also... It shows something about the disciples and about us, like because the expectation of what God, of what Jesus was going to do, was so focused on themselves. They had this hope and trust in the Messiah was going to be a political leader and lead them out and restore the kingdom of Israel. But Jesus didn't come to die for that. It was much more. But we catch the disciples in Acts and they ask the same question. Is it now, Jesus? And Jesus is like, guys, it's bigger than you. This is for everyone. This is not just for the Jews. So I was just, I was reading this really good book and he, he used the same place and I was like, it was like sometimes we come to Jesus and say, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus, I know you lived and died and you rose again. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate that, but could you also give me this? And Jesus is like, I think you misunderstood. <laughs> you are asking for an idol. I just gave you myself. I gave you my impressions. I gave you everything. 
But then in our hearts, <laughs> I just resonate so much. Our hearts can be so like, oh, but, but Jesus, you know, I wanted this thing. And Jesus would be standing like, what are you talking about? I just gave you myself. And I don't know about you, but, but that really resonated with me. Yeah, 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 Jesus, I thank you for giving me, you, my, me yourself. But I also want this, this, and this, and this. And I was like, ah, maybe we were missing the point. That it's only in Jesus we actually experience those things. If we hunt for money, if we hunt for, hunt for co- uh, co- uh, comfort, if we hunt or try to, you know, be good or try to do religious deeds or try to attain this and this and this and this, it will all crumble. But in Jesus, in putting our faith and hope and trust in Him, He can show us that those things will fail, but He will never fail. And the, the early disciples didn't understand either. <laughs> Jesus said, it's much bigger than you. Go tell everyone. They don't. <laughs> Not until they're persecuted. It takes a lot of years to figure out that even a non-Jews can get saved and get to trust and be a part of God's kingdom and God's family. So it's Palm Sunday. Hosanna, God save us. Friday, oh, we should kill that guy. But where is Jesus in your life? Where is he in mine? God's provided for us a savior. But what does God, Jesus' life, death, and him staying on the cross until he dies, not coming down, staying in the tomb, not coming out before after three days. What picture do you get in your mind? Why would Jesus do that? So we could be set from sin, Satan, the wrath of God, and be reconciled to God, adopted as God's children in his family. What, cre- what picture does that create in you? Does it lead to worship? Does it lead to a heart and mind that loves God. A life built on not all those other things are going to be failed, but on what Jesus said was the solid rock, his life and teaching. Question is, do we lay down our idols? Hey, bye. Um, do we lay down our idols or are we asking Jesus to give us our idols? Are we bold or are we afraid? And what are we afraid of? Is there an idol there that hinders us from being free in Jesus Christ? I have the last slide here on also. Oh, I'm just going to skip that. From the old Matthew Henry. Also, I wrote it this way. Death is not always bad. Killing sin is good and gives life. Jesus is a great example. He died for all the sin to give life and freedom and ability to worship and come to God. Matthew Henry writes it this way. In Jesus' burial, it's a continually reminding 
of spiritual birth, burial of our sins. So what's our response? Is it to remember? Now the bad guys, the bad guys remembered. The good guys forgot. What about us? Do we by grace stay in Jesus and live with him? Our life of worship as he did to the glory of the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we, as we just look into your word and we look to Joseph of Arimathea, look to the women, we look to the Pharisees even, do we remember? Lord, I just ask that you would just meet each of us here, the state we came in. I pray you lift our eyes to see who you are. And Holy Spirit, you're the only one who can do it. So we ask that you will do. Come and do your work in us. Remind us of who you are and what you do. I pray for Raphael as he's traveling back to Odense. I pray you would give him a good trip. And pray for Tatiana. Pray for healing of her knee and hip. And yeah, Lord, overwhelm us with your presence. Help us not just this week remember how important you are, but help us that it's moment by moment. We ask that you would come with that and do that is in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so as Karim was saying, next time is uh, next time celebrating Easter and Greg will come and preach. And also please bring a dish uh, for your family and then we'll share that food. Um, please also... Uh, really consider to sign up for another Sunday so that we can have the, the food together after the service because it's something you make happen. But let's uh, raise up and receive the benediction from uh, Hebrews. So now may the God who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If you have comments, questions, you want somebody to pray with you, uh, just be bold and just ask somebody. You can also ask me. Um, yeah. Have a good week. <laughs>